Hey, thanks so much for joining today, man. This is Jim Minnery with Alaska Family Council uh, here on Family Matters. We try to do this weekly. Sometimes I'm uh, doing a, a repeat because I have something going on. I'm just not able to get someone uh, to join us for the recording, so I I uh, do repeats. But this episode, I'm very glad to have my buddy Joel Davidson of the Alaska Watchman on. He does exceptional work and uh, just so blessed as a state to have him as a, an exemplary, uh, conservative, articulate news source that w- that's a go-to, um, just nonstop flood of wonderful writing uh, and good, solid, truth-based information. Truth not only just in terms of his accuracy, but also um, in his relentlessly good reporting uh, but also uh, because of his deep convictions regarding um, God and uh, and and his sovereignty, it's just amazing to have that uh, example in the state. And so, folks, we're sitting here on Wednesday, July seventh. Hope you had a phenomenal Independence Day, Fourth of July. Even though I don't even know if uh, you know if to say Happy Fourth of July is. Uh, is politically correct anymore. You know, I think at some point you just kind of forget and, and you don't even like care anymore at some point, uh, you know, uh, what is what is politically correct and what is not. If you can't say happy 4th of July, if you can't wave your flag, heck, we, we saw someone the other day. If you read Must Read Alaska, which is another one of our go-to sources, those are two places if you haven't gone to already, and I'm sure you have. If you're listening to this show, you're likely someone who tunes in to, uh, to things going on in the state. And so uh, the Alaska Watchman and Must Read Alaska are two of the sources that I rely on heavily. <clears throat> and anyway, there was a story the other day. I don't think you saw it. I don't monitor the daily news and you know the AP wire and all that stuff. I'm not sure if there was a piece in that. Uh, and those, you know, more mainstream medias on this. But uh, so if you haven't heard of it, it's just going to, you know, blow your socks off. It's uh, a lady that wore a Trump. I'm not sure if it was a Trump 2020 or Trump 2024 mask. Uh, but she walked onto an Alaska Airlines. Um, and I'll be going on Alaska Airlines here soon for a couple trips. Can't say I'm looking forward to it because it seems like the mask is sort of a thing in the past. Um and uh, yet I will wear the mask because I'm supposed to, and that's what you're, you know, they're a private organization, private company, so they can, they can require what they want. Um, but she was asked to remove her Trump 20, or her Trump mask, uh, and she did. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, if there was a struggle or not. I don't think there was. I think she just said, okay, sure, whatever. I'll take your black mask, put it on, <clears throat> and then... And then apparently the the, the um, flight attendants came back a, a little bit later and said, "Listen, you know, we've decided that that just created too much turmoil. Too much. Uh, too many of our passengers have been, um, you know, snowflaked and uh, offended by the Trump mask initially. So even though you're wearing the black mask now, we're going to ask you to to remove yourself from the plane because it's just too much trauma. Um, and so it's." Uh, I just, I, I don't know if, if there's going to be anything legally uh, that's going to happen. Apparently her husband is a special forces guy. 
Um, and I, I saw a little bit of their stuff on Facebook, and I mean, they're both unbelievable uh, in terms of their physique and their hunting prowess. So that was pretty cool to see. But um, so, in other words, the, the, the husband is a special forces guy, not uh, not someone that you would want to mess with in terms of uh, the intimidation factor. But he apparently didn't see a thing. He got up and left with her. Uh, I think that was an, a remarkable, uh, you know, example of calm and holding back because that's where we're at today. I mean, <laughs> if you can't even wear, uh, you know, a mask that says Trump on it and fly an airline, wow. Uh, you know, it's just the cancel culture, the bizarre, offended um, crowds that just can't seem to get over themselves in terms of finding one thing or another to... Apparently, there was quite a few people that laughed or cheered when they were escorted off, which is... You know, I, I can see if you're, you've are you been drinking and you're causing a ruckus or, you know, you hear about things that are, are have happened on airlines and you're glad that there's, like, a you know, a concerned citizen that steps up and, and horse wrestles someone to the ground and, and, you know, they get them off the plane. But that's one thing. I mean, wearing a mask, I'm sorry, that's just, just, just nuts, and it's where we are today um, as a society. So I won't be wearing my, my Trump um, mask when I get Alaska Airlines. I don't know. Maybe I'll wear some other mask. That uh, I, It's hard for me uh, to not um, get offended by people being offended. But uh, my wife is always reminding me to... Um, you know, that I, I represent, obviously, uh, people in, in running this ministry, that I have to be Christ-like, and I know that. It's just difficult because of some of the examples of pure idiocy that you see, and that's one of them. Uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk with Joel about some more uh, craziness that's going on, not only just, um, uh, you know, about this cancel culture, but uh, the advancement of critical race theory. That's going to be the one of the main things that we talk about because it's so insidious it's so there was recently a couple things that happened regarding critical race theory on a national scale several local teachers signed off on this document that uh, was covered in the watchman um regarding their uh their adherence to the critical race theory advancing um advancement and that even if uh the state of alaska were to pass a law as they have in several states by the way the most recent being florida i believe and governor DeSantis signing that into law saying that you cannot teach critical race theory uh in our public schools uh those teachers in alaska has signed on there's not a ton of them I think it's like 15 or so teachers, you know, there's 13,000 members or whatever uh, uh, of um, members of the NEA in the state of Alaska. So it's not an inordinate size number. It's just that they signed on saying that they, regardless of what happens, they're going to, they're going to teach it regardless if it's passed as a law preventing it. And in fact, one of the few African-Americans in the Alaska state legislature, Senator David Wilson out of Wasilla uh, has shown an interest um, so I, I find that ironic that you know one of just two Alaska legislators who are uh, who are Black Americans are going to be introducing legislation to say this is not anything that they want to be a part of or have be a part of our state because it is in fact 
inherently racist, the whole concept of critical race theory. We'll talk about that with Joel um, when we get back after this first break. But I uh, wanted to make sure that you guys hear about my friend and our sponsor at uh, Family Matters, uh, Rieger Physical Therapy. Go to RiegerPT.com, R-E-G-E-R-P-T.com. I recently went there to have them work on my neck. Um, it's certainly better. Uh, and one of the things about PT, my son is going into PT school here in a year or so. Uh, and it's not, it's not take a pill. It's not do this, uh, you know, um, do this one thing and everything's going to be okay. It's a commitment. You have to, uh, be concerned about your well being and, and the, the exercises that they give you at the PT sometimes aren't easy. Uh, it wasn't actually even that hard for me to do the, the PT work, but it was very effective, and it just showed, uh, you know, sometimes I don't take the initiative as I should. But Joel, oh, but uh, sorry, uh, Rieger, Cortland Rieger and his team over there, RiegerPT.com do a phenomenal job, very gracious and wonderful allies of, uh, of Alaska Family Council. So visit them if you can. Folks, we'll be right back with Joel Davidson uh, and the Alaska Watchmen right after this short break. Stick around. See you in a second. Hey everybody, welcome back. Jim Minnery with Family Matters. So great to have my buddy Joel Davidson on the air with uh, the Alaska Watchman. Joel, how are you? Doing good. Trying to enjoy the summer as it quickly sort of uh, evaporates in front of me. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking offline about that and all the different uh, experiences that we're trying to get checked off, but um, life just goes by quick, way too quick. It seems like... Uh, you know, I was just uh, I was just doing um, some uh, pieces on. Oh, it's so nice to start the summer. Well, we're midsummer. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I haven't done a lot of my stuff. It sounds like you have done uh, a few things in terms of fishing and hanging with the kids, which is most uh, probably the most important thing that we all can do is to spend time with our families. But um, we're all busy as well. But um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on today was just to remind people what an absolute resource we have in the Alaska Watchman. I actually just texted or emailed uh, all of my colleagues across the country because uh, I'm curious, just kind of doing a poll um, to say how many of you out there, and some of them are much bigger organizations than ours, I mean, uh, um, in, in much bigger states, but uh, I'm just curious to see what the responses uh, are going to be in terms of having, you know, an exemplary, um, articulate, passionate, professional, conservative, Christian-based news source in their state – and I, I don't know how many, and you and I have talked about this in the past in terms of, you know, there's not really much out there. There's a couple national groups, um, but in, as you have developed the Watchmen and have become, you know, have grown exponentially in terms of your readership, have you been able to come across other um, other states that have had, uh, you know, have had the same opportunity to develop a new source like the Watchmen? You know, at the very beginning when we started, I reached out um, to some of the big national organizations like LifeSite News and uh, The Federalist and places like that to try to find out if they knew of statewide organizations that just focus on their particular state. And I couldn't find even one 
because I wanted to sort of pick their mind before we started, which was uh, September of 2019. But I couldn't find any. And honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time looking since we started because I've been so busy trying to keep up with the news. But it's not a very common thing to to find um, conservative, Judeo-Christian-based news outlets that sort of look at the world through that lens that are focus strictly on a particular state and the issues that they're battling and, and, and struggling with and fighting the good fight. Um, there's a lot, like you said, of national, not a lot, but there's quite a few national organizations that do this, um, but just not a lot that stay, stay sort of laser focused on their particular state legislature and their school boards and their city councils and places like that, which is what we're trying to do with the Watchmen. Well, and you're doing it so well. I just can't thank you enough and compliment you enough for just how consistently, um, you know, you've been able to present this uh, news uh, on such a widespread um, number of issues and, and doing it in a way that's um, that's attractive in terms of the, the site, um, that's fresh, that's, um, like I said, just unbelievably articulate, well-written um, and, you know, I, I, to this day, you know, my, my hope of course would be that we could be fully funded a little bit more so than we are to be able to maybe add a few more staff, but we we're chugging along. Um, but it, it seems like, uh, and I've said this, uh, that it, it, it's, it, it should be a fait accompli that there are a, a number of conservative, big, um, advertisers in the state and heck, they don't even have to be conservative necessarily because, you know, a, a lot more people than just conservatives read the Watchmen. But, um, how is the advertising going and what can people really do as individuals? I mean, obviously if, if they have a business, um, then certainly get a hold of Joel. Just go to the the Watchman um, dot com and, and and advertise your business. If if there's one thing that you can do to help that uh, that growth and that consistency is to do that. But what else can people do besides um, you know advertise their business on that Watchman to help you guys? Yeah. So so we have a we have a few you know advertisers who have come on over the past year and a half. Um, you know one of the larger advertisers right now it's interesting because it ties into sort of what's happening in the state is uh we've had uh homeschool programs advertised with us and homeschool programs are growing exponentially they're exploding really and, and building new infrastructure hiring new teachers um a lot of a lot of the big ones have doubled in size from what we're hearing right now um but they're advertising because uh, you know, it's a combination of COVID uh, hitting and a lot of people withdrawing their students from the brick and mortar schools to do home education or online education last year, and a lot of them seeing that it's doable, and so they're 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 deciding to go ahead and, and continue with homeschooling this next year. Uh, so we've had uh, several of the larger homeschool programs that are run through state. You know, they use state funding, but then they provide that for parents to educate their kids the way they see fit. Um, but other other ways that, you know, one of the other major ways, the sort of pillar that's keeping us afloat right now is reader uh, donations. So we provide all of our content for free because really the goal of the Watchmen is to get the word out to Alaskans about what's happening and give them information that they can actually use, actionable items that they can use to make a difference in our state, in our schools, in our in our uh, local communities, in our uh, state government. Um, so we provide it all for free with the, with the aim of getting maximum impact. 
But um, along with that comes the need to have readers who appreciate what we're doing uh, contribute. So we have contributors who come on, um, you know, on a monthly donation basis, anywhere between twenty-five and seventy dollars a month. Um, and it's a it's it's a it's a network that we're trying to build up. Right now, we're we're hanging in there. You know, we kind of go month to month, and we're hanging in there. And uh, the goal is to kind of build it up a little more so that we can hire some more writers. <clears throat> it's a challenge to cover a state this large and and hit all the major communities, but that is something that we're trying to trying to expand beyond like the Anchorage and Matsu, uh, Kenai, Fairbanks, and Juneau to hit some of these smaller communities too because a lot of the things that are going on in our schools <clears throat> regarding critical race theory or gender identity politics, that kind of stuff, it's, it's affecting even even smaller local um, areas that where you wouldn't expect. It's not something that's an outside thing coming, you know, that's down in California. It's here at our doorstep. So we really want to have writers that we can put in those communities or have in those communities that can keep an eye on things. You know, I, I do a, a ton of work every day to sort of keep track of what's happening really all across Alaska. And, um, and we have more and more people sending in tips, uh, alerting us to things that are happening either with, you know, you know, native corporations mandating vaccines or, um, you know, things happening in school boards, uh, we have people who are who are sending stuff in now, which is great because it's it takes a little bit of the burden off of me. But really, our backbone is our readers. So if people appreciate what we're doing at the Watchmen, then we just uh, would ask if they can to consider supporting us on a monthly on a monthly basis. Well, it's weird because there's certainly a, a massive amount of people in the state who have typically purchased the Anchorage Daily News not just in Anchorage, but across the state. I heard that they're stopping to deliver now in uh, Juneau, or I don't know if it's all of Southeast, but uh, at least in the Juneau area. So it seems like the conservatives who typically, you know, I was one of those. I, I grew up reading the Anchorage Daily News. It was the Anchorage Times when I grew up, and then, you know, or the Anchorage, you know, so we had two newspapers, as you remember, and I enjoyed getting both of them, and, and uh, you know, and I enjoyed uh, having a newspaper to sit down and, and fold and, you know, and, and read with my coffee. It's just not the, it's not the way of the world now. I mean, it, that's kind of gone away. Um, so all those people who, and I used to write for the daily news. I mean, I had a, a period of time where I wrote a monthly article and, you know, they actually were able to have at least some, uh, you know, some semblance of, um, of fairness in terms of having the voice of the times, you know, on one side and the other. And it's obviously bias always has been. But in any event, what I'm trying to get at is that, that there's people who have money out there that no longer are spending that on uh, daily news. And I'd say that every one of you conservatives out there, um, you know, go to the Alaska Watchman and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have, then consider it, uh, you know, whatever you spent for the daily news, I mean, you're getting a lot better information. And that's why I think it's so interesting, too, is that I'd love to have a conversation with, you know, I don't know who it might be. I can think of a couple very liberal reporters over the years that I've dealt with uh, in broadcast or print media and just to ask them what they think about the Watchmen because it's so well done in that, you know, you're, you're unabashed in terms of your view uh, from a Judeo-Christian perspective, but I also think that you're you're fair. You're very much so um, interested in not just casting stones and you know throwing rocks, 
um, in terms of, okay, well, yeah, we have a view as believers and, and, and truth is something that's very, uh, that's very real. But at the same time, you know, to be credible, you have to be able to, to do that with dignity and with respect. And, you know, that's why I think it's so bizarre about some of these reporters is that they try to come across as, oh gosh, we're just, you know, as, as, as pure as the driven snow. Uh, and, and they're really blind to their bias. Um, and it sometimes comes across, I believe, as as an attack, really, on on what we believe and, and hold dear. So anyway, I I just can't say enough about folks, you know, getting on to the Alaska Watchmen first of all to sign up and subscribe, and and if you already are, then then uh, um, then provide some kind of a, a gift. It's not even a gift. I would just say it's a subscription, um, a donation in support of some really good work that's happening in this state. And I think it's unique. I know it is because I haven't – I'll know at some point. In fact, I might do a story on it just because I think it's so fascinating that we are so blessed to have you and – uh, Suzanne, it must read, you know, it's another good statewide group, and we are uh, really rocking it in terms of educating the public. Now we need to translate that into some of these things that are coming up down the road in terms of some elections. So, folks, stick around. We'll be right back with Joel Davidson with the Alaska Watchman here on Family Matters. When peace like a Hey guys, welcome back to Family Matters, talking with uh, Joel Davison, my buddy at the Alaska Watchman, hoping to be able to do some fishing with him and his family, because he has uh, some insights on some trout uh, up north uh, in the valley that I need to take my kids to, because they've watched me for way too long just kind of uh, sit like a big fat banana catching nothing. In fact, they call me the big fat banana. Um, You know, you're not supposed to carry a banana in the boats. And they say I take them out fishing so many times where we haven't got anything. They're like, Dad, you're just a big fat banana. You don't ever, you know, <laughs> you're not catching anything. I'm like, no, you see all these pictures on the wall. I I have caught a few fish. It's just for some reason we can't catch any when I when I go with my kiddos. So that's on my list, Joel. You and I are going out. Uh, you're going to take me out in one of your canoes, and we're going to go out and slay some trout. Um, and smoke them. I'm going to smoke them now that you and I have talked about that. Folks, if you haven't smoked trout, uh, you know, that's another reason to uh, get in contact with Joel. Uh, he's a trout smoker. Um, okay, so I want to talk about this whole teachers union um, story that you put out recently about critical race theory. Um, it's not shocking at all in terms of the NEA coming behind it. But can you just give folks kind of tee them up on what just transpired uh, nationally with uh, critical race theory and the National Education Association? Yeah, well, there's two stories really in the last week that are that sort of tie together. The first one we published had to do with this national, um, you could you call it a, a national letter that was written um, and signed by, I think now it's up to 5,000 teachers across the country at the time that we did the story, it was signed by 13 uh, Alaska teachers from all across Anchorage and, you know, the Matsu, down in the Kenai Peninsula and Juneau. But anyway, it was a letter stating that regardless of what state law says about critical race theory, we, the undersigned, will continue to teach critical race theory in the schools. And they sort of made a pledge. And we did an initial story on that, which got quite a bit of reading and um, and 
from what I've heard in, in certain areas, especially down in the Kenai, people have been contacting the teacher because their, their names are all published on the at the bottom of the letter, and we republished those so people could see what the, their local teachers are committed to doing in their classrooms, regardless of what the state, the state or the school district might say about critical race theory. <clears throat> right now, there is no state ban on teaching critical race theory, but uh, these teachers from Alaska said if there ever were, we would not follow that law. So that was the first story. And then uh, yesterday or the day before, we put out another story from the National Education Association. So that's the, the national group that basically every teacher in America is a part of, every public school teacher, I should say, is a part of the, the NEA. We have an NEA Alaska chapter up here, and, and they have chapters like that all across the country. And the NEA, uh, they had their national convention uh, over the past weekend, uh, June 30th to July 3rd, and they passed a whole bunch of action items and, re- and resolutions, which I read through all of them. And uh, it is startling. Like you said, I knew the NEA was was liberal and uh, was pushing all kinds of social issues uh, behind the scenes. And when it came to like elections, you know, they'd send out their union calls to have all the teachers vote for um, progressive candidates. But to read through what they just passed over the weekend is actually pretty startling. Uh, they they spent almost all their attention dealing with uh, social issues that they want to see pushed in the schools. And among these would be critical race theory. Um, they One of their action items uh, talks about the fact that uh, they want to uh, infuse the curriculum with uh, uh, anti-colonialism, uh, talk about uh, anti-blackness that's woven into our culture, talk about um, white privilege that's woven into our culture, infuse this into the, into the classrooms. And the NEA stated, just like that letter did that we reported on previously, that if there is state legislation, we will oppose that legislation um, and use all of our networks and all of our resources and all of our teachers, uh, the union membership, to come out and force and vote against candidates who try to uh, combat this idea that the nation is, um, at its very core, rotten to the core with, uh, with, with a racist foundation, which is basically what critical race theory is. Um, that's irredeemable. It needs to be torn down and rebuilt up again. So well, that's I mean, one of the things that. Oh, I was just yeah, going to say that you know, there's a difference between you know, I, I would say I, I don't support the union dues paying for you know Democrat candidates who are standing in opposition to a lot of the union members, which is what happens as with IBW and NEA and public public unions and everything else. But, um, you know, there's a difference between opposing legislation through the union, uh, which, again, I don't think you need to do should support, but then saying flat out, if it passes, we're still going to do it and break the law. I mean, you know, it, it seems that at some point, I, I think Florida is one of those states that actually passed it and DeSantis mm-hmm. signed it into law. And so, so the teachers that just say, no, we're not going to, we're not going um, to adhere to that statute. There's, there's gotta be a consequence at some point to say, we're just, I don't care if you pass the law or not. We're going to oppose the law. If you pass it, it doesn't matter. We're going to teach it anyway. Is that yeah. where we're at? Well, it just basically said, we don't care about the law of the land because we don't believe the land is righteous in any way, shape, or form in terms of its history and its founding and everything else. So laws don't matter to us. 
Yeah, well, that, that, that initial story that we did on the letter that the teachers signed, which is different from the from what the NEA did this past weekend, but that, but that initial story, uh, those teachers are actually vowing to break the law, that no law will stop them from teaching critical race theory in the classrooms. So there was 13 teachers from Alaska who actually signed that. They're employed right now with local school districts who, who signed that. Um, the NEA one was talking about that we will use all resources possible to fight against any legislation or any elected official or official running for office who would try and stop us from teaching critical race theory in the classrooms. Um, and not only that, but <clears throat> there was another action item that the NEA passed. And, and, and so to be clear, there's 13,000 Alaskan teachers uh, or educators and people who work in our schools who are part of NEA Alaska, 13,000. That's a massive block of, of, of people who are part of that union. Um, but their national organization also said that if the, that they are going to actively work to identify groups, conservative groups, that oppose um, the teaching of critical race theory in the classrooms, they're going to compile the information on them, uh, distribute that information through their networks, and equip the teachers' unions to uh, fight against those groups. And the, the first group that they mentioned was the Heritage Foundation, which is one of the oldest, most respected conservative think tanks in America that works on, <laughs> you know, religious liberty, First Second Amendment, um, and freedoms. And way, at know. least currently, their their CEO is an African American. Just saying, um, yeah, you know, she's so that, ready to that, step down. Yeah, that's the group that they uh, specifically identified as a as a prime example of the types of groups that they need to do research on, and then um, expose and equip the union to um, battle against those groups. So, um, the fact that that's coming from the top down, we had 61 delegates sent to or who participated in the in the national convention over this past week, and there were 61 Alaskans who participated in that. Um, Do we know what their votes the are? No, they did not have the individual votes of how people voted, um, and it didn't list exactly who the delegates were, but it mentioned that 61 delegates came uh, or participated. It was a virtual conference, so they participated from Alaska. But the NEA is, is much like the American Library Association. If you're a school district employee, um, then you are a part of the NEA because it's, it's, it's sort of the entrenched default union that everyone is a part of. And much like the American Library Association is the entrenched default organization that nearly every school and public library is a part of. And both of those institutions have become radically controlled by, uh, have been controlled by, by people who have a very radical agenda for America uh, when it comes to educating our youth with respect to, um, you know, this notion of critical race theory or gender identity. That's a big one with the libraries right now. It, it just baffles me that that's, they're so fixated on that. But uh, the NEA is also, one of their resolutions this past weekend uh, was to fight for um, transgender males to be able to compete on women's sports teams. That's ex explicitly one of their action items of the 40-some-odd that they passed. Um, and um, And to create schools as spaces that affirm and encourage transgender identity. Um, so that's another issue that they're, in fact, you know, I, I was reading through it and there was only one action item that the EBA passed that had anything to do with, with actual education. And, <laughs> uh, and, what it, and what it is is they want to do away with testing students because tests are, um, it, uh, they're, they're 
filled with inequity, according to the NEA, because some students don't do very well on tests, and so therefore they need to come up with a new way to figure out whether students are learning the material that doesn't involve testing them. Oh, good Lord. I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, that we're going to come up on a break here real fast, but this is a, is a hard pill to swallow, folks, but it's also an opportunity for us, and I, I, you know, I'm committed to trying to figure out ways we can bring the community together to resolve this, and not just with the school board, because we didn't do so well in Anchorage. We did better in other places, but and not to say we're giving up on the school board, but there are other alternatives, even to passing legislation, which we will be pushing and advancing hopefully next session as well. So folks, stick around. We'll talk with Joel Davidson at The Watchman about uh, critical race theory and other things right after this break. Family Matters, talking with my friend Joel Davidson about, uh, specifically right now, we're talking about critical race theory, and it can be maddening to go uh, to dive into this, but, you know, uh, tough issues and our our job as believers and good citizens uh, is uh, is to push through the frustration and actually get to some kind of a solution at least in terms of what we can do. We can't uh, resolve everything ourselves, but we can uh, work through these issues by coming together, um, fighting things like, you know, the resolution that was recently, um, that was re- one of them that we uh, that was passed at this NEA uh, conference, uh, with all 50 states um, and 14, representing, I think, 14,000 school districts. But listen to this. The resolution, one of them that they promised uh, to develop a study to critique, quote, empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, racism, patriarchy. Now, here's the million dollar word. I don't even know. Sichetario patriarchy. I have no idea what that is. Capitalism, ableism, and anthropocentrism. And it's it's unbelievable to think that um, these kids with you know minds full of mush that are going to be filled with this stuff are um, you know are not going to have something to counter it. And I guess that's my ultimate um, what I believe will be the ultimate solution is to identify allies within the school district. Now there may be a handful of that sixty or sixty or so folks that you said went down to. Uh, to this NA national conference, but to identify people, we both know, um, Joel, you and I, uh, friends and allies and uh, fellow believers and conservatives who work within the school district um, and within the public school system, rather, uh, you know, principals in uh, shoot the, the people way high up in Alaska. I know personally to be believers, and so we we have allies. And like I said, we we failed a little bit on the school board thing. I think we can turn that around a little bit. We have to work with the people that we do have. Dave Donnelly is our one conservative now. Um, and we have some races coming up next year that we'll have a shot at. But in the interim, what can we do as individuals? Obviously, pulling your kids out of school and, and, um, and placing them in a homeschool environment or a charter school or private school, whatever it might be. Uh, you and I both have uh, experience in that, but the vast majority of kids will be in the public school system, and we have to uh, we have to engage, regardless if we have kids in public school or not. 
um, in order to save uh, this country. I, b- I believe that firmly. One of the reasons why we see this rioting in the streets and uh, burning down of our cities is because of the nonsense that's being taught in the schools and the hate that's being taught in the schools. So you mentioned off air some local stuff that's happening regarding uh, right here in Alaska to counter CRT. What's, what is it that you've heard about that? Well, there are there are groups forming right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm having a cough here, but there are groups forming right now that are, are made up of local parents. Uh, they're made up of concerned citizens, grandparents who have kids in school. There's a group down on the Kenai Peninsula that just recently formed, <clears throat> and um, and there's a there's a I don't know if you followed our story that we had in the um, about the uh, Native Heritage <clears throat> Center that. Uh, they had um, Drag Queen Story Hour there recently. I can um, believe that. Yeah, a bunch of Alaska natives read that story and contacted me, and uh, they're very upset with, with with the fact that the Heritage Center was promoting this, and they didn't see how it was connected to their native culture, and so they started. They formed a group that is now actively working. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. They're made up of. Uh, Alaska natives who are now actively working to, you know, combat the things like that that are happening at the Heritage Center or things that are happening with the, with the native corporations where, you know, it's not reflecting their values. And that's the sort of thing that the Watchmen, excuse me, that's the that, sort of thing that the Watchmen, Jim, I, I got to stop here. Oh, no, uh, let me just fill in here. You can have you have a big glass of water or something else. I mean, the, the, the reality, yeah. like you said, is that it's easy to see that story on the Alaska Native Heritage Center and say, oh, all my friends in, in the Alaska Native culture have completely turned to uh, to that side and have embraced the LGBTQ movement. But that's not the case. It, it's, I don't believe it's the case even with corporate America and I would, you know, to a certain extent, even public schools. I think that what has transpired is that the the left has been much more active in voicing and asserting their position on the local board, the local Alaska Native Heritage uh, Board, and convinced everyone to um, to to have this drag queen story hour without getting any kind of a general input from the community, their community, and whether or not that would be reflective of their values and such. It's the same thing with the Anchorage Economic Development Corporation when we were, uh, you know, fighting against them, which seems so bizarre because the, the sole purpose of the Anchorage Economic Development Corporation is to advance um, the economics of the community, to, to in, improve the economics of the community, and they took a very strong stance against our efforts uh, to mandate that, that private businesses um, be forced by government to open up their, their private facilities to people of the opposite sex. Um, and, uh, you know, so... It turned out, yes, most of those people on that board were were strong leftists, but not all of them. Um, we were able to connect with some of them to say, hey, we didn't really agree with this. Um, uh, we didn't have the votes, but the reality is that we have to get people on these boards in these positions um, all over across uh, across the spectrum to be able to then uh, have a voice at the table. Oftentimes, the few voices that are at the table – um, are outnumbered, 
and not necessarily because of being outnumbered in the community. And we just showed that by electing uh, Mayor Dave Bronson, one of the most conservative mayors we've ever had in our in our city's history. So it's not about that. It's just about how engaged are people and how willing are they to step forward. But um, so in terms of critical race theory and the educational system, what can people do who are saying enough is enough? We're not going to we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah, well, they, they need to get involved on the local level. And, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to do is let people know what's happening with our school boards, staying on on on, on basically on key and on target with what's happening in terms of the, the resolutions and the type of curriculum we're trying to pass. And when these local groups form, when these parents form, they basically uh, create a counterbalance to the unions. The unions have a built-in system which they can flood, uh, whether it be a, 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 you know, a carpenter's union or a teacher's union, <clears throat> they have a built-in system in which they can flood these meetings with testimony and make it appear as if the general public is in support of whatever particular ideology that they're trying to push. So when you have private groups, and obviously they're they're completely you know underfunded compared to the unions, but when you have these private groups that can come in and uh, educate each other, parents and grandparents and community members, and uh, and then come into these these public meetings and voice their concerns. That's that's when the battle can kind of, you know, excuse me, take place on a on a more even uh, basis, and so that's very important is to have these groups that are forming and to find out what's forming in your uh, particular area, and that's something that we're trying to highlight when that happens. Well, we need more of those groups to uh, to come into to power and to to feel you know enabled. Uh, well, I remember talking to someone before. Uh, I, 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 I'm re- not recalling who it was, but it was basically someone that was maybe not net with us as adamantly about opposing critical race theory. But she was just saying, "Listen, what you need to do, what the what the uh, what the conservative side of this equation needs to do, is to present." Um, the, the alternative, be able to uh, approach school boards or approach, I don't know if it's just the school board, but to have curricula th- that can be presented to kids to say, here is the other counter argument to what CRT is. So CRT is just uh, then becomes just one theory, um, but you're not going to get rid of, it's like a buddy of mine said, you know, about the, the drag queen story hour. I mean, he was saying, listen, I don't, I don't think that, I think that they have a right to have the drag queen story hour at the public library, but you also have the right to have a Bible study there. I said, yeah, okay, I get that. Although I think that the drag queen story is actually uh, kind of child abuse type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Kids that are that young being exposed to that kind of, you know, nefarious, sexualized <clears throat> stuff. But um, so, in other words, just you know, trying to develop curricula that would be able to uh, to find a social studies or a history teacher in school to say, listen, um, you know, I'm going to present both sides and you know, see how yeah. that plays out. But gosh. We are at the end of our episode, Joel. I could go on all day with you, and we will when we go out on a canoe fishing for trout that we will smoke. Um, so uh, good. God bless you, brother. Thank you for all you do. I can't thank you enough. And, uh, folks, we'll be back with Family Matters next week. But um, thanks again, Joel. Thanks for having me.